I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined as ever um, for the first time in a while, Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, happy to be back. It's been a few weeks, but ready to get going. Yeah, it has been a few weeks and it's um, it's a new season, but it's not a new season for everyone. Like it's the full season that not everyone's going to play in, doesn't really count towards the new season. All a little bit weird. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I'm still trying to figure out, I guess, what everyone's kind of playing for. I guess that that additional 25 spots that remain, I guess. Yeah, and like, so I sort of summarized it earlier with like, if you win, you still get your two-year exemption. If you're in the top 10 not already qualified for Hawaii, the designated event you get in, I think. And then it just goes on from there. I, don't, I think after that, like, there's just a reshuffle. I think it kind of is a way to extend your previous year's like ranking or something. It's yeah. not entirely clear, but the kind of way that I summarise it for everyone is that anyone that's playing in these events, or especially this one in particular, not named Max Homer or Justin Thomas, is kind of in the same boat. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's the case. Because like I think I think anyone that finishes outside the top 50 is playing for spots in each event, right? And they can do that by reshuffling based on these full series events. So you still get the same things you used to get. You still get, um, you know, your exemptions if you win, etc. The only thing I don't know is that, like, so I don't think the people that are in the top 50 get any points, right? Like, they get money, but not points. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's right. So, like, Homer and JT can't get points. This, or JT can, because he didn't finish in the top 50, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Tagala finished in the top 50. yeah. So essentially, um, like, Homer, Thigala, I don't know how many, many others finished inside the top 50. Is that about it? Cam Davis, maybe? Cam Davis did. He got to BMW, didn't he? Yep, he Jaeger? did. Jaeger? Jaeger, I think, did. No, I think it's a, think it's a BMW. Okay. Eric Cole did. Brendan Todd did. So there's a few. Like, there's a few in here that did get into the top 50 that are just playing the event because they like the event, but most people were trying to get kind of more starts and better spots i guess is the idea but i guess enough of second guessing the uh format and then the new phillips cup rulings what what do you do and how do you approach these events when we've had a little break like this so it's been about a month right yeah i mean i, I think it kind of resets and evens the playing field and you get guys who i mean i do think it's maybe a little bit of advantage of guys who've been playing like there's a couple guys i'm targeting who played um in europe um but at the end of the day i think i mean the guys are the guys everyone's pretty much on this unequal footing so you can't really consider it too much yeah that's the thing like i, I spoke to you earlier about like looking at like matty schmidt because i was just on that same kind of idea that he's been playing in europe he'd actually been playing pretty decently and then the stats suggested otherwise eric van Rooyen would be another one that i'm sure we'll touch upon like there have been players that have gone over to europe and played um, but for the most part, most people have been on a break um, since at least the Tour Championship, where only a few of the players got to anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Like, 
what do you make of this? I, I quite like this event. I quite I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that kind of relax relaxation version of Napa and all that sort of thing. Like I just quite enjoy events in California. Yeah, no, I like this one. Um, sometimes you know, you when you get night golf a lot, you really start to miss the early morning golf, and then vice versa. I think night golf is good in, at times too. It's good to mix it up that way. Um, and I feel like I've I've kind of always had guys in the mix. I, I you know what, what I do like about the California events is like you can kind of predict that the guys who are going to be involved because I think it's they're unique. Like the agronomy is really unique, so you get a lot of the sim, similar players there a lot. Well, look, you've got since this so this course has been here since 2014, right? Or well, not been here, but it's been the host of this event since 2014. Sangmu Bay won the first one, then Emiliano Grillo. Brendan Steele back-to-back, Kevin Tway, Cameron Champ, Stuart Sink, Max Homer back-to-back. So straight away, you've got two players that have won back-to-back in the space of, what, eight renewals? So nine renewals. So like that's already taken up, you know, four of the nine winners. Um, so, I mean, look, Max Homer's probably a decent level above most people now, but in 2021, he wasn't. And in 2022, he, he was kind of up and down. So... And to be honest, Danny Willett should have won. So it's an right. interesting. <laughs> he definitely should have. It, it's, it's a, like, I think it's a wide open event that kind of plays into so many different skill sets. Like, I was surprised how much strokes going off the tee correlates to success here because I don't view it as that type of golf course. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you see a lot of guys who who hit it far have won here, but you also think it's important to play from the fairway. I think around the green is a little bit tricky here, so you don't want to be... Um, playing from the rough yeah i mean it's it's weird it's kind of like to me the cali guys the guys who always play well i mean it, it's kind of cheating because four of them are the, are two people but um yeah. five of the last seven winners have been have grew up in california yeah no, that's what i mean like i think like you said i think it's pretty predictable and hopefully that plays out but yeah just looking at like the strokes going off the team metrics for the last five winners homer ninth homer sixth sink 18th champ first Kevin Tway, 19th. I was really surprised by that. I'm not surprised by the fact it's 1, 2, 2, 1, 3 in T to green. Like, makes sense that the best players overall, you know, win. Like, that's pretty standard place. But the off the tee really surprised me in the course where I think short hitters can definitely contend. So it's definitely that blend of accuracy as opposed to distance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you're wide open in terms of skill set. So let's look at the pricing. You've got... Max Homer at 11, JT at 10.5, Jaeger 10.2, Cam Davis 10.1. So these are the probably one of the weakest 10K and above sets of players we've seen in a long time. Um, but you've got to play them somehow, some way. Is Max Homer just clear of the group? I think he is, and he's playing well too. I mean, I don't think he's going to win. But I think I it's think... hard to ask for three in a row, right? But, but I, I don't see a sort of tournament where he doesn't at least play well and feature on Sunday. That's how I feel. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to win, but someone's going to have to beat him. Um, so I do think he's probably a good play, especially if you can go really deep down in the 60s and get somebody down there. The Jaeger price is ridiculous. Like, is Jaeger the most underwhelming, improved player? Like, and, and not to take anything away from him, like, it's obviously been brilliant the transformation he's made off the tee, etc. But like, he doesn't do anything with it. 9th, no. 30th, 34th, 30th, 14th, 20th. Like, has he actually had a top five? I don't think he has. And he's, uh, I mean, he's so overrated. And I, I, I don't mind him as a, I don't think he's even had a top 10. He has one, had one top 10. 
Yeah, he finished ninth at the Rocky Mortgage, right? But like that's his best know, finish ever. Best finish ever. This year, at least. Well, it, makes, it might be, it might be ever. No, he's fifth at the Rocky Mortgage last year, so sixth at the Wells Fargo. So he's had, he's had kind of top fives in the past, but this season was meant to be a breakout season. Best results this year: ninth, fourteenth, eighteenth, eleventh, twenty-fourth, ninth, thirteenth, fourteenth, twentieth. So. As good as he's been from a ball, ball striking standpoint, really good off the tee, great on approach. It doesn't lead to anything. So, what do you do with a guy like that? Like, do you just completely skip him? Yeah, you skip him. How popular do you think he's going to? I mean, we're not really on ownership projections right now, but like, I mean, look, he's, he's not even got great calls from like thirty of miscut, miscut forty third. It's not like there's anything that suggests you should you should definitely be on Steven Yeager. So, if you no can, one's going to play him. No. So if you can rule him out. I've got this funny feeling JT's going to do all right this week. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised by the course history being so good. It's unbelievable. Like, And, and that's like why I think he'll do well. Like the last time we saw him, he played well. And I get that he's got a lot to work on. But look, I think that the trying to prove he should be on the team, even though he probably knew he was meant to be on the team, but it's good for public appearances, was probably quite distracting. And now he's just on the team. I feel like it's a case of him trying to make sure that he gets in that partnership with Spieth and is used every day because that's the only thing he really cares about. It's no, it's no good being on the team if you're then going to sit out for three or four matches. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think I think he's probably going to play pretty well, and I think he can play well, but I think he's mostly here to kind of work the kinks out and get ready for the Ryder Cup. He's, I think he's probably making some swing changes. He has some changing uh, changes with his coaching. Yeah. So I think he's probably trying to – reinforce what he's been doing in practice and just kind of put it into play and, and get used to those changes on the course. And if you win, so be it. But I think he's just looking to kind of get something going in the right direction. Yeah, I don't, I don't expect him to win. A little bit like um, a little bit like Homer, but not quite to the same extent. Like, I think Homer's got a far higher floor here. But, like, they both just feel like to me like they're going to be around on Sunday because they're, they're just a clear cut above everybody else in terms of quality and skill set. Yeah. So then that leaves Cam Davis in a 10K range. Do we do anything with him? Um, he's not really for me. I mean, the the only thing I would say is like he's played well in California like before. Like I noticeably remember him playing well at Yamex in 2021. He's um hasn't he played well at like Pebble Beach and Torrey and places like that? Like yeah, I feel like he I feel like he could be a factor, but. Again, just not some a little bit like Jaeger in the sense of like he's very popular in terms of skill set and flashes on the stats, but doesn't really get anything done out of it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I I just I'm really just high on Tagala beneath them all, and I know a lot of people are going to be, but I just can't justify paying those prices for Jaeger, or Davis, or even Thomas when I can pay 9800 for Sahith. Yeah, I'm thinking that. Because the thing is with Sahith, like he he looked like he was just limping to the end of the season, right? And then all of a sudden finishes 13th for the Felix and Jude and 15th for the BMW, where he was third after round one. And I was kind of impressed by that. Like, look, you're out of it. You've not really been very good to finish, but here's a couple of decent finishes. Um, and then 14th, 47th and 8th in the course history is pretty impressive, especially the 14th, I think, being one of his, maybe his first event, or at least well, first three or four events um, of his professional career. It was his debut, yeah. There you go. So I think you could start as there's certainly a case to start Homer and Tagala, and then you're going to have to get different. But like I don't think that's a bad strategy. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great strategy. You're going to have to get different, but you're also going to have to get cheap. Yeah. Um, switch, which, you know, that's the concern. But for me, I mean, Tagal, he just said, I, I think he's going to win. I really think he's going to win this week. Um, I think California is a great, he's great in California. You know, I kind of want to read this Phil quote that I, um, so before in 2019, when Mickelson was playing here, he was talking about how those, these greens are just different. Um, and the guys who get, who are used to playing them, um have done really really well so he said let's see he said i think a lot of guys struggle with the poa greens which is a grass that i grew up playing so i'm very comfortable on the greens when you grow up and spend most of your time back east in florida on bermuda this is a very awkward surface to putt on the colors look different it's hard to read but when you're used to it there's no better surface so i think that's why it's somewhat predictable the guys who grew up in california tend to really play well here and i think the fact that sahith kind of grew up in this area was went to Pepperdine was you know three-time all-american there all these awards that he's won playing all his golf predominantly in that area now he's starting to play well um it, it's a course that should suit him it has suited him in the past six last year 14th on debut I just think it all points to him winning this event and I really think he's going to so then you've got um a bit of a mongrel I guess in terms of Eric Cole who is born in California resides in florida and i just see him as a florida golfer like i think he spent most of his like minor league time there and i think they they had some sort of link to um you know bay hill so he he's a florida guy right which means he's not gonna love this power stuff either yeah he's not my he's not my cup of tea anyway yeah i just think he's again he's probably in that jaeger davis camp for me that like always seems to flash and people think it's safe to play him but just yeah i agree safe guy 95 so the the first real person for me is brendan todd like, I, I genuinely believe Brendan Todd can win his golf tournament. Um, I don't know how many times a season that, that comes up, but Todd here in four starts, 26th, miscut, 22nd, 9th. Now, I will qualify that by saying that he's never really contended in that time, but he's been pretty solid to, to finish off the regular season, right? He was 6th at the halfway mark at Canadian Open, finished 34th. He was uh, 19th at the halfway mark at Rocky Mortgage, slipped away. 2nd at the John Deere, 54-hole leader. Uh, made the cut and played okay at the Open. Third at the halfway at Wyndham, finished seventh, and then 43rd and 41st in the playoffs, which you know isn't great, but even at St Jude, he was decently placed going into the final round. So I, I think Brendan Todd comes into this week, knowing the field strength's down a little bit, knowing that um, you know he's in decent form. I think he can go on and win. Yeah, I agree with the thing he said. I do like Todd. Um, I had a hard time getting there with the betting price, so I didn't do it, but I think all the things you're saying are completely accurate and for me build wise will be tough like if you want to go homa you know if i went if i made two lineups and i went one jt tagala the other one homa tagala which i think is possible it's just hard to fit that price range in yeah so that's the thing you've got to decide with it like i guess the real thing is just to leave homer out if you don't think he's going to win and just and just hope that it doesn't happen for a third year in a row but like it's a tough leave it is, but I mean, the thing is with Homa, it's like he doesn't really have to win. If you think, if I think Tagala's the winner and I want him and Homa, and I think he's the guy he's going to have to beat, I'd like to have them both. Yeah, very true. Um, we talked about Bo Hostler from a betting perspective earlier. Betting price is horrible. I don't even love the DraftKings price. Like, I feel like JJ Sport and Andrew Putnam offer the same, even Norren, all, all three of them probably offer the same sort of upside as Hostler and, uh, you know, between $100 and $300 cheaper. Yeah, I agree with that. Hostler, I, you know, I honestly I woke up this morning ready to pull up my DraftKings app and bet 
him at 65 to one. And I was like, I, I honestly thought that's, that's what I was getting. I don't know why, maybe I'm naive, but um, that's what I thought. 30 to one to me is ridiculous for a guy who has shown no ability that he can win whatsoever. He's great in California, but I mean, he hasn't really been that great here. Yeah. Like I, I feel like he's the type, although I said earlier, you need to do it off the tee here in terms of strokes gained and that, that would kind of point to Hostler. Like, I think he needs it distance-wise. Like, it can't be this blend of accuracy as well. He struggles with that. Although, to be fair, like, he was 16th here two years ago, and he was third after 54 holes. Like, he, he's been there, like, 23rd, 16th, and 25th. Like, it's solid. It's very similar to kind of Brendan Todd. But I just like Brendan Todd better as a golfer. I think he's a winner. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely trust him more in the win. I mean, like, if I had... If I had Bo Hosser as a bet and he was a, he had a two-shot lead on the 11th hole, I would feel very, very, very shaky about that. Yeah, and, and I just think the range of outcomes with someone like Hosler is so wild. Like, it literally is dead last to potentially contending. Last year, I'm just, I'm just looking back at this because I, I thought this was the case. Last year, I bet Hosler here. He was 130 to 1. Well, he's not improved by 100 points as he is a golfer. No, 130 to 30. He 100 points. So. How much better was the field last year? Like, I don't remember it being that much better. Well, Hideki played because I watched some highlights today. Connors played, Hideki played, and I think Sam Burns played. And then Homer was obviously in there, so it was a pretty deep field, I guess, because Homer was Homer was tens of one. Like, we're not talking about like absolute elites here. Like, yeah, Jaeger was 110 to one. I I'm guessing there was there was just more depth. Like there must have been like just. We had Pendrith playing, and everyone thought he was going to win. And was then Brendan had, uh, Steele still in the – was he still yep. there? Yeah. Steele was in it. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's, yeah, I was looking back. My bets were um, Hostler 130 and James Hahn 150. There you go. Um, James Hahn, California guy. Let, let's go into this 8K range. I'm not bothered about Lucas Herbert or Webb Simpson, uh, unless you have anything to say on them. Um so then I think it's the Akshay-Justin Sir conversation where I think both of them, I mean, Akshay has obviously already won. Things going pretty well for him right now. Uh, he's a California guy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's him and Sir. Isn't Sir California as well? Big time. I, I bet both those guys. So my car is just all California guys. I bet three of them. Sahith, Sir, and, and Akshay, those are my bets. So, um, so, so this so this is the thing with me. If I had Sahith, Akshay, and Sir as my bets, and this this is where my downfall is, like I would just start my lineup with them and then figure it out. I mean, I'm definitely going to be playing a lot of them, and a lot of you know, Akshay is a typical typical guy. We've always said he's better bet than a DraftKings play. Yeah. But for me, I think he's a great DraftKings play because he's too expensive. He's also I, improving like consistency wise as well. Like I normally say that about people that are really volatile, whereas I feel like. Hasn't he found a little bit of a flaw now? Yeah. Maybe I'm misremembering, but like he played pretty well at John Deere, then finished ninth at the Barbasol and then won, right? So I feel like there's a certain level of flaw now. Even he missed the cut of the Wyndham, but that's fine. It was two weeks after winning. It feels like if he can bring that kind of pay, even when he was like 68th at Canadian Open, he was playing pretty well for the first couple of rounds. It's just like, I think he's sort of found his level now, which is good. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great 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 course for him. Um, so he won the Barracuda. That was at Tahoe Mountain Club. That was um yeah. about a two hour drive from Silverado. 
and I talk about guys being California guys and whatever, but uh, Tagala and Sa are both from a different part. They're probably like a five-hour drive from here. And and Batia grew up in Northridge, California, which is just like a 40-minute drive to Silverado. So he's really from this area. And this again, the course is similar to where he just won, which is another place that was really, really close to where he grew up. Um, he, he made his debut here as well, just like Tagala did in 2020. And he finished ninth. He was only 18 years old. He finished ninth. Um, so since then, he's gained more confidence. He's, you know, refined his game a bit. Didn't he actually play the year before that? Did he play the year before that? I feel like he played. I feel like he must have played as an amateur or something. Like I think that was his professional debut, but he, I'm sure he missed the cut here. Like, so he's he's actually played it twice. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that as like a negative. Like I'm saying it as a positive in the fact that he's seen it twice and he's kind of learned, okay, what not to do. And then a year later, finished ninth. Like that's incredible growth. And you think coming back a third time now as a winner as well, like that can only be a positive. Yeah, and this is really his home, like home event. Like so, the California thing I do think is true because the green is still the same agronomy, like four or five hours away. But I mean, he's used to playing this this type of thing. It's like up in the mountains. It's a little bit of a different thing. It's almost just like the Barracuda where he won. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned Barracuda because I just brought it up, and again, very California centric centric leaderboard. Like it's yeah, it's very clear what happens. I mean, Akshay beats Patrick Rogers, who is a Stanford guy. Don't know a ton about Ryan Gerard. I don't know if he's he's a California guy, but you've got um, James Hahn and Bo Hostler inside sixth as well. Yeah. Isn't JJ Spawn sort of got California links? Isn't he San Diego? Yeah. I know it's yeah. different California, but like he has, but he um, ah, it's just like all his good results have been in Texas, haven't they? I think he's had, he's had some good California success too. Like he definitely fits the mold, but I just I mean, don't he, love the price. He literally lives in like. He lives in Arizona, so like it's different. But I did like JJ Spawn a little bit, yeah. But look, he grew up in LA and then went to college in San Diego. So not like just to reaffirm the kind of Californians do play well in California. Like it's right in front of you at um, Barracuda. Yes. And I'm sure if you keep going down, like I don't know where Hubbard and Damon are from, but they they don't strike me as Californians. But Cameron Champ's Californian, right? Seventeenth. So yeah, and he won. He's won here. Yeah, like it's carried on. So actually, that that Barracuda leaderboard might just give you some pointers, I think. Um, I, I definitely agree. Which is good when you've got Batia, Chesson Hadley, and Eric Van Royen and James Hahn, even Bo Hostler in the top six. So mm-hmm. definitely go and look at that uh, there. So where are we at? So we, we've done the Batia bit. We think he's a good play. Um, I don't know what to do about Justin Sir. Like I expected more from him when he came over to Europe. I know he finished top 25. Like it wasn't, it wasn't bad, and he he really didn't have a bad round, like 68, 68, 67, 66. But like, there's just nothing really to it. Like I don't know. It's just one of those like I expect too much from a PGA guy in Europe, but it felt like he could have done better. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys who I think is like a true California guy, which shows he played well in Florida earlier this year, which I think is you know encouraging. But for me, he is went to usc um he he's a guy who, he gains a lot of strokes putting and he's been putting the lights out like for the last three months but he yeah. but if you look at him on um poa he gains even more like he's so comfortable on the surface like so that's why it's, it's tough to look at stats with him although i did look at he gained almost he gained more than five strokes on approach at, at uh uh where, where they play at crans yeah yeah at crans yeah so i mean he he did hit hit the ball really well but he's not the guy I always look look at stats for. He's just a guy. When he wins, he's going to gain nine strokes putting. Yeah, um, that's fair. And he gains four times the amount of strokes putting on Poet than he does at any other surface. Fair. 
all good reasoning. But I feel like you can go, so this will bring us on to the next person, but like you can go Atia, Revi, Justin Sir, Sahith Vigada, and then leave yourself with Sims 200 for the last two. Like, yeah. again, it's going to be incredibly chalky and you're going to have to do something different down the bottom. But like, I, I mean, Chez, I'm just ready for full pain again. Like, I, like he's great. And he has been great for a, for a decent period of this season. He made eight out of nine cuts here. Um, and then last year when he finally missed a cut for the first time, he went 73-17. I don't remember him playing that well. But the year before, he was 28th, open with a 65 to lead after round one. He was third the year before, best finish here. 33rd the year before that, he was fifth after 54 holes. 33rd, 24th after 54 holes. Eighth after 36 holes, finished 13th. 22nd, but he was 10th after 54 holes. 17th, and then 53rd on debut. Like, he's been so good here, so reliable here. Like, I don't know that he might be the person with the safest floor, I think, and that seems pretty wild for Ches really. Yeah, I definitely agree on that. Um, he's very intriguing. I, I've had enough of the Ches experiment. And I just think it's like we've talked about this before, like how it just feels like it's past somebody's time. And I'm worried that's what it is for him. But uh, we did this with Glover and then Glover won twice. Ah, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. But that's what I'm concerned about. Like I jumped off, I think I jumped off Reeve one week before Glover. And then I thought, no, Glover's going to do what Reeve did. And then to be honest, even when I jumped off Reeve, like he's he's been fine. Like he was 27 for the Wyndham to finish the season. You know what we said? We're, we're going to um, both jump off Reeve and then go Glover one more time. And we did. And he was just like, that was like his only missed cut like ever. Yeah. Three yeah. Ever. yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard line to try to balance when you're trying to figure out how long you stay on a guy. Because disaster is when they win the week after you get off him. But it's also the fact like you don't want to look like that douchebag was betting fucking Chaz Reeve every single week your entire life. I've, I had to stop betting Justin Rose because I think people think we're going to be related. Um, but sometimes you just follow these golfers and you believe like you look round by round at them and their their stats like if i stretch out strokes gain approach and strokes gain tee screen back 15 weeks because we've not played for a long time second is strokes gain approach and eighth in tee screen yeah i mean yeah on paper he looks great he looks great he's third in my model behind homa and gim <laughs> gim so look i'm skipping montgomery hubbard Cooch, which which leaves me with Nick Hardy and Doug Gim as the final questions in the eights. I like Gim a lot. I mean, his stats are incredible. It's it's definitely slightly concerning that he still can't manage to have a good finish, despite how good his stats are. It's not the slightly worse Steven Yeager, isn't he? Yeah, but, but I mean, he's 3,000 yeah. cheaper, right? Yeah, but they're both good statistically, but both don't really do anything with it. Um is what concerns me. Yeah, Gim, I was thinking about betting him, but it's just tough 55 to 1 when he, his best finish ever is sixth. Yeah. Wait, what was he like? Was he the 54 hole leader at the players, or he was at least in contention for a period of time, wasn't he? Like, he was when JT won, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's a good time to play him. I think it's a good time to play all these guys we've been talking about because. You know, away from the big fields and, and all those. I think people forget how strong these like elevated events have been, and like some of these finishes that you some of these players like 24th, 28th, 31st might actually be really good when it was when it's all said and done. So I think when you look at like when Brian Harmon had like three seconds and 
all of that and the sixth places and the tenth places and you don't you don't think anything of it and then he wins the open you think well fair enough like he he kept doing this week in week out against strong opponents like maybe these 28s and 30s when he gets to the fourth net not too bad yeah no i i definitely hear that um but he's but he's not even doing that like he's 15th 33rd 26th miscut 27th 51st like feels like a first round leader to me yeah I'd, what about nick hardy yeah I'm 21st, 63rd, 13th, 27th. Such kind of interesting little run, but maybe not. Um, Kevin Strillman, no. I don't love the high sevens this week, but like seven, seven down, I don't mind, but like above that, I'm not that bothered. So that, so that makes it Davis Thompson, Peter Quest, Austin Eckroat, Bezween Hout, Taylor Pendrith, Higo. Like, Champ, all people are, we've kind of spoken about at several points this season, but just don't see it for them. No, I don't either. Good, that makes it a shorter discussion. Hadley, seven seven. Uh, I don't know. He he feels to me like <laughs> I I'm, I make it too hung up on the um you know the region thing, but he's just like South Carolina, North yeah, Carolina. But- but like I think this is where you can get dangerous with it because he's been third, twenty third, and fourteenth at this golf course. Yeah. So like I, I do think there's sometimes we have to go. Do you know what? Like not all of the top ten are going to be Californian. Like they're not. Yeah, all. of course. Of and course. then when you when you think about it, like sixth, twenty seventh, and thirty third is last three events. Like it's pretty promising. It is. It is. No, it makes sense. I wasn't really thinking about him, but I get it for sure. Um, and then I'm going into my. Potentially my favourite of the week is Sam Ryder. Um, yeah. I I don't get why he wouldn't be the most popular pick of the week. He might be, but I agree with you. I like him. He I don't think he will though, right? Because we've got kind of the guys there that we just talked about in the eights that are going to be popular. Like I think he's just a better player than he's getting credit for. And you look at the fact that he's already finished uh, fourth at this golf course in the past. Some of his best finishes have been in California. Um, you know, with the fourth here, with the um, decent finishes at Pebble Beach, I think it was Pebble Beach, and Tory Pines, it might have just been Tory Pines. Um, but like he, I feel like he's contended a couple of times this season. His best ever finish ranking was like 61st this year, which again, you don't look at that and go, oh, he's a winner. But it felt like he actually contended this time around, whereas before he was just kind of these people that just propped up leaderboards. This time he's been like seventh at the 3M fourth at Tory Pines, like pretty pretty steady. He's got a fourth and a tenth at Tory Pines and the finish here that suggests that California is a good place for him. Yeah, I mean to me that fourth at Tory this year was what put it over the top of for me liking him. Even Riv, like he's got yeah. fifth and twenty sixth place finishes there. So like you continue to look at someone like him, like he's definitely a California guy, which I don't think I don't think he's from California, is he? No, he's a Florida guy. You know that's the thing, the the guys who have done well who are the exceptions are all florida guys tway yeah uh rider um, yeah so I, I i think there's something with rider i think i think he's the type of person that can come on and win and then look i don't think he's necessarily a like a wyndham clark major winner type but it wouldn't surprise me if he went on a wyndham clark type two in season because i can see him making marginal changes to his game that really elevate him yeah, you know what's funny? I made this argument on a sh- on a show that it sadly has disappeared into the abyss. But um, <laughs> so I got to say it again. But I mean, if I, if you have a guy on the 15th hole and he's a two shot lead, who do you feel more comfortable, Ryder or Bo Hostler? 
right me too that's that's it's like i don't know if that's right or wrong because he's not like he's but the 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 reasoning behind it and i'll give you my reason behind it is i've seen bo hosta really fuck it from that situation whereas Ryder probably hasn't been in that situation yet like he's yeah he's been in contention i think was it the valspar earlier this season maybe that sam Ryder was in was that him? yeah um no it wasn't valspar well, maybe it was he was 19th there but like maybe it wasn't him but like i just feel like even at tory pines i felt like he hung around longer than you'd necessarily expect him to uh considering the, the quality of field and things like that so to me I just think Ryder can win, and if he's going to win, it's going to be something like this. I mean, yeah, and then you go to – we haven't really talked about even the stats. I mean, his last four measured starts on approach, 4.2, 5.4, 5.2, Yeah, like his, his approach numbers are, the, well, they're eighth best over the last 15 weeks, but that won't even include the missed cuts where he probably hit it well. And what I actually liked is, and this is where I like to use data golf, obviously use like tour tips for certain things, but I like the visual aspects of data golf that's showing the obvious problem, which is the off the tee, which is only, which is slightly improved in the last three outings. Like he gained at both 3M and Wyndham and then only really slightly lost to FedEx and Jude. So it feels like he's definitely improved in that respect, whereas that's something he was struggling with basically all season. Because he's a great yeah. player, he's a great iron player. Yeah, last 24 rounds, you have Chez first in approach, he's second. Yeah. Gim fifth. And I've got both of those. So that's why I feel pretty good about it. The only, the only problem is, is like, does that all just reset because we've had four weeks up? That's a good question. But, I don't think so, though. But who who do you know that, like, you never know, oh, someone's just put the Cubs down for four weeks. And you hear, like, the people like, oh, no. Like Justin Thomas and Kevin Kisner, those people that go like, oh, I just don't touch Cubs for four weeks, and then I just pick it up, and they play well, and you think, oh, fuck them. Like, I don't think these Sam Riders and those types put the Cubs down, but you don't know who's outworking who. Right. I mean, they're definitely not going to. They, they can't afford to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I just had a random feeling. What, do, any any thoughts on CT Pan? Mm. He's had some decent success here in the past. Sixth here in the past, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. And then he's he was kind of coming on, but then he, he fell off again. But, I mean, he played well at the Wyndham, gained an approach. He's third in the Canadian. Um, maybe not. Ninth at Genesis in 2022. Sixth year. Yeah, sixth year it's in It's like the person you look up on Thursday and he's eight under par and you don't really think anything of it. Like, yes, it's that he's that type of player, I think, where you think, okay, fair enough. Like, I didn't really bank on it happening but i can absolutely see why it did like that's how i view someone like ct pan i don't i can't hang my hat on anything i have no reasons to advocate for him but if someone says to me i'm playing ct pan would you think i'll just go yeah fair enough yeah i might put him first round leader then yeah it's pretty better um that takes us through there's no one really above there that i really want to talk about anyway so that's fine i think the sevens thin out really quickly and then all of a sudden you get Merritt and van royen at seven one both of whom i think are worth a discussion yeah, EVR played pretty well over in Europe. He he's definitely playing better in general. Like even even before that little two week spell um last time out, like he shot a sixty three in the second round. Just got Chauvin to make the cut. He was sixth at the Barracuda and then eighth and sixteenth the last two weeks. The only thing with him, like he's definitely not someone I imagine playing well in California. Like, isn't he like a Minnesota guy, which is a completely different type of golf? Yeah, but I think, I want to say he's been good at the Barracuda. 
going to have a look. Well, he did. We said that to me. He was, wasn't he sixth there on the last? Well, he's won the Barracuda. So he's won the Barracuda yeah. and finished sixth there this year. So there you go. Yeah. Very quickly wrong. And seventh at the Northern Trust. Was that the old Riviera? Was that the, no, that was the playoff event? Yeah. Um, so they used to have Northern Trust. Like, like, that was in Boston, right? The, he had a uh, 16th here and uh fourth here. Who's Amber Wayne? Oh, oh, sorry. I was talking about Merritt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was talking about Van Bruyen. Okay, yeah. So, 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 when, you, <laughs> so when you said Barracuda, Van Bruyen has won the Barracuda. Yes. In 2021 and finished sixth there this year. Um, and then, actually, so I've said this, I don't think he's great in California. He also finished sixth at the Amex in this season. He's actually really good in California. So I think he's a guy who just doesn't matter where he is. If he's playing good, he's playing good. If he's not, he's not. Yeah, fair. So then let's go back to Merritt and what he's done on the golf course, because that's what you were talking about. Um, he's been good at Barracuda, hasn't he? Yes, 15th, 4th, 16th. He's got okay. here. Like 16th two years ago, he was third after 54 holes. When he was 4th, he, he got better pretty much all week. And then when he was 15th, he was fourth after 36 holes. So he's been in the mix. And we tried the merit experiment a couple of times, and we after he finished 17th the first time, finished 17th yep. again. And then where did he withdraw where we were like we were on him, wanted him to win? He like withdrew it in. And then at the wind, we shot a second round 63 and finished 58. So yeah, man, it might have been the 3M. Merritt and Van Royen to prop up the, the teams? Yeah, I think they they definitely have a chance. Like it, like that is the way that you do that team that I spoke about earlier, though, where you had just literally full California, um, except for Chesterivi. So, so this lineup: Figala, Batia, Sir, Rivi, Merritt, Van Royen. Yep. With two hundred dollars left. Yeah, I like it. So there you go. You, the, the obvious issue and the, the concern is that you don't have Max Homer. But I think that's the only one I'm concerned about not having. Like, I think I can live with not having JT because the outcomes are quite varied. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I can live without either of them. I, I, I don't think they're winning. But I like it would be nice to be able to do it. But if I can't get a lot of uncomfortable doing, then whatever. Yeah, cool. So I think that, like Matthew Schmidt, I did think was... Um, playing a little bit better and I, I do think he's worth playing some lineup 7k um and then you're into 6k is this where you're just literally going to go like unless you're californian i'm not clicking on you yeah i mean this is, I, I agree with you there's a couple of names i kind of wanted to throw out there um james han californian californian he just just played really well at the barracuda um ninth here in the past yeah ninth here in the past and he yeah, six with the Barracuda wasn't great besides that, but um, always plays on the West Coast really well. So I was looking at him for a play, 6,900, I don't mind. Um, yeah, I like I like Zach Blair as a non-Californian 6K guy. Me too. 12th, 30th, 4th, and 12th here. Um, and he spiked with the second at the Travelers and the 13th at the 3M, I think it was, when he shot the 64. So all I need from players in the 6K is two spike events and two course events and or two course finishes. Even just one course finish would be nice. And he's got like three of them. So 
I think Zach Blair is probably the pick of the bunch in the six K range. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I love him. I think I think he's gonna be really popular, but yeah, he will because um, he's the only person you can really hang your hat on in the six Ks. Because then you're starting to talk about Preston Summerhays as a kind of like prospect. Russell Knox has been hitting the ball better, but still really bad finishes. I keep seeing these things are like Kevin Chappell's like significantly improved his stats from like the year before, but I don't know if it's actually led to anything. Fuck um, him. Yeah, so that's kind of why I felt when I didn't really look any further into it. I, I can't. Can Champ do anything here with a two-time winner thing? He's seven-seven though. No, I know. I was just taking one more glance over. Just going back. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like maybe if Champ does something, then so be it. Like he's a course winner. It wouldn't be a complete shock, but. Anything Cam Champ, like even when Cam Champ does play well and you expect him to play well, you're almost shocked he did because like he's just so used to letting you down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Champ. Austin Cook's got an 11th here. Hasn't he been playing? No, forget him. Loads of JB Holmes. JB Holmes. Well, I did send you the, the, the most outrageous long shot earlier in on Twitter, so I'm not going to say too much about JB Holmes, but JB Holmes has got a ninth here. Yeah, no, he's a dead guy, but yeah. would love to see it. Ted Potter finished 28th here on debut with a third round 64. And Delivered. he was 25th at the Canadian Open, 52nd at the Barbasol, and then missed the cut of the Barracuda annoyingly. But his ball striking has been pretty good. First and tenth in his last two strokes gain events in strokes gain approach. Um, 25th and 38th in T screen. What do we do with something like that? Just ignore it because it's Ted Potter and he's like basically been dead for five years? Well, we won at Pebble Beach, right? So that kind of. Well, is he the only person that's ever beaten Dustin Johnson and just completely lost his career? Yeah, but I'll never forget the broadcast. They're like they call him the wizard because uh, because he's so good around the greens, but he's like statistically he's awful around the greens. But they call him the wizard because his name's Potter after Harry Potter. <laughs> That's close. Uh, Sixty-one hundred. So, like I feel like he can actually do something for you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I don't know. The Pebble Beach win is is a great point, and JB Holmes is one Riviera, so. Yeah, I mean, JB, he, he, was, he had an injury designation or whatever So when he was out, but I mean, I, I, he's a California guy, like, truly. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, probably not. You're not going to get better calls from right down in this range than Brian Stewart, 17th, 3rd, and 12th, but he is literally potentially broken as a golfer. Um, I think we're just naming names. This is the problem with going with two guys at the top yeah is that this is just painful to look at but you don't have to you can just go those two and then um and then um blair and another low seven and you're okay yeah so how so let, let's let instead of talking about six k's that we don't really want to bet on let, let's close this with how are you likely to build your lineups what's the main strategy you're going to do and then kind of what you're going to sprinkle in so if I went Blair, Tagala, Homa to start, yeah, right. Then you can get 
you probably have to go for one more lower guy, whether it be Gim. Is Gim low? No, he's at 8,000. So I'm going to say like Han at 69, one of those guys. But then that leaves you with plenty to um to fit your last two guys. So Batia, yeah. Oh, yeah, another guy I wanted to say. It popped right to him, which actually makes some sense. Malnati is really good on POA. And I just feel like he's a guy who can kind of flash here and there. He's uh, he's the one you're left over with if you do that team, right? So Figala, Homer, Blair, Han, Batia, Malnati. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, but you you don't have to go to Malnati. You can also go to, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of, you want to do Chapel or... Yeah, Malnati's got good form there. 35th, 30th, 25th, 22nd is golf course. Like, it's not... It's bad. It's just that hasn't he been bad in general for he did spike not that long ago. Like he forty third at Canadian Open where he was seventeenth at the halfway, ninth at the Rocket Mortgage, fifty second at Barbasol. Okay, he finished the season up with three missed cuts, but who in this field has been consistently good? There's not been many. Yeah, hasn't Harry Higgs been good here? Another California guy, right? Yeah. Well, he's a Texas guy, but isn't he? Doesn't he play well in California? I thought he has, but you know what? Another guy I was thinking about. Um, I just wanted to mention this last thing. Higgs, twenty uh, third and second of this golf course, by the way. Yeah, I don't mind him. He has lost his way as a golfer, though, hasn't he? Twelfth at Canadian Open, fifty second at Rocking Mortgage, fifty seventh at John Deere, but then four missed cuts. Yeah, and the last thing is we talked about the Barracuda thing and Damon was there. Is Damon a guy who could bounce back and play well this fall and maybe here? I mean, last year I was committed to Joel Damon being like one of the better golfers on the PJ Tour. So I don't want to completely abandon that take. I I think I was very too much too high on him. But like, what is he? He's only 7K. I feel like he's played well in california before obviously outside of that barracuda where we mentioned he was 10th like he's another guy i don't think really matters where in the world he is but yeah like he's another one riviera fifth mm-hmm. tory pines ninth pebble beach sixth yeah i mean i, I kind of like him too I, if pebble i can look at what oh, he puts on poe let me see not good <laughs> But it, but this is the thing like he's just not he's not been good for a long period of time. But this is what I mean about this reset. Like you do see it, it does change people. Um, yeah, some guys can benefect from it for sure. Like he, the fact he's going to try and play his way out of the funk. The only thing with him, like if if he had had like a thirteenth and a ninth here or something, I'd maybe a bit more sensitive. But he's been forty second and fifty second with three missed cuts. So yeah, maybe we just give him a miss. Yep. I think that's probably it, Matt. I think that's uh, plenty of time on the um, Fortinet Championship. It took me a while to even remember what tournament we were talking about because that's how much we are in that mode at the moment. Favourite play above the 10K, is it just go for home room and figure it out? Yeah. 9K, tough one for you here, I think. Well, I'll I'll to go. Yeah. Uh, Brennan Todd for me. The 8K is very difficult for you, I think. Um, I'm gonna go Akshay. Yeah, as I say, you gotta pick one. I'm gonna go with Reevee. Um, sevens. Let's have a couple from the sevens. I'm gonna go with Sam Ryder seven six, and I'm gonna go with Van Royen seven one. I'm gonna go Ryder. 
and I'm gonna go my second guy. I'm gonna go um, CT Pan. I have a weird feeling. Yeah, I did wonder if you're gonna go with the weird feeling that you randomly had. Six yeah. K. Zach Blair is just clear, and I just think I've just got this horrible feeling about the Wizard just showing up and finishing 37 at 6100. I love it, the Wizard. Um, yeah, I, I'll go. I'll go Blair, and then but my to, other guy. To qualify for people that don't know who the Wizard is, that is Ted Potter Jr. If you didn't listen to that earlier. We just we just told the damn story, so I'd hope they would know what we're talking well, about. Well, I know, but the, 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 to be fair, I would probably stop listening to me after a little while. So <laughs> they, might, they, might, they might just get to the end at this point. And then come back to this part. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go uh, Blair and Malnati. Love it, Matt. Back in the saddle uh, for one week only, isn't it? Then off for a break until the Ryder Cup. Um, well, yeah, we'll talk about the Ryder Cup, right? Yeah, so we'll do the Ryder Cup. I fly to. Vegas on the Thursday before the Ryder Cup, so we can talk Ryder Cup, I guess Tuesday, Wednesday. I think. Yeah. But there's nothing to do from a DraftKings perspective for Ryder Cup, is there? Do they do like a, They do. They do. So yep. what, how do they do it? Like you pick. Yeah, you just pick. Um, is it a week long thing or is it like day by day showdown? No, it's the whole. I think it's the whole thing. You get points for wins and birdies, and you get. Um, Actually, I could be making this completely up now that I think of it. I don't know. I don't know that you are though. I feel like this has been something. Is it? Is it I, the thing is, I feel like I was the reason. The thing I was going to give was like when they play together at like the QBE or something like that, and whether you were thinking of that. But. I remember playing DraftKings for the Ryder Cup, but it could have been in a dream. <laughs> That'd be a really depressing dream to have. Like, I feel like that would be a conversation you have on like shrinking at some point because it's something you shouldn't be dreaming of. Is there? Pre- yes. No. No. I have. Okay. It wasn't a dream. It was real life. Okay, good. That's All right. Yeah. Good. We got it. So I got the squ- format here. Um, you get three points for a hole one. Yeah. Point seven five for a hole half. You lose for a, for a not. Um, holes not played. You get points for matches one. You get five points. Matches have. You get two points. You get streaks bonuses. Um, yeah. So you don't know who's gonna play who. So like here for example, last last time Rory was thirteen thousand eight hundred. And him and Rom are both the two highest priced guys, 13,800, because they expect him to play in five matches, blah, blah, blah. You gotta take your um take your shots. Great. This is gonna be a really good discussion because I think so you can do a mix of like you have to mix of European and Americans, I guess. Like Oh yeah, you gotta doing it. Um I'm looking forward to that. It should be a good discussion. Okay, two minutes before we go on who's missed out on the Ryder Cup and who should be there. So, you know, what's great is I think I might be the only one who's saying this, that I love both teams. I think both teams that got picked were the right teams. Yeah. Look, I, th- I think I think for me, it was always the Shane Larry take for me that I kind of had to die on. Uh, and then he finished second on me yesterday. So, like, that doesn't help me. I. I don't, I don't think it was Moronk or Larry. I think it was Moronk or um, Aberg, and, and Aberg made the the move, right? Um, well, I think I, it was Moronk or Nikolai, right? Yeah, maybe. Like, But I think Nikolai was, has been really solid, whereas I think Aberg had to kind of do something to get himself on the team would be my take on that. But, like, I won't lose sleep over, on, over Hoygaard, over Moronk, so I'm fine with it. I think the only one that can feel really desperately unlucky, well, Moronk can. Like, I don't think much else he could do. What about Keegan? Like, has he not been? I know you're a little bit anti-Keegan, but like, it 
I, I do think he's been a little bit shafted there. I think he's been. I don't think he's been as good as everyone thinks he has. No, yeah, he, he hasn't. But but like he still won twice in the qualification period. Like I know that his so the problem is is probably the, the actual qualifying period itself. Like the Zozo Championship win didn't count. And this is what people don't actually, some people don't know. Like the the regular events didn't start counting until 2023. Right. I mean, so if people want to use that as a reason to bring him, but they want to use JT shouldn't be in when he won in a similar time frame, right? Yeah. I I do think, I do think he was unlucky. I think I think if Burns wasn't like Scheffler's mate and this was going to be a pairing that they were going to use, then I do think Bradley was going to be on the team. Yeah, I think um, if he did more, they're waiting for someone to go and take it. Nobody did. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Like you can't look like you look at the people that have been left off, like Finau and people like that. Like none of them stepped up in the period. Um, so who's going to sit there and go like, oh, I should be on the team and JT shouldn't? Like it's. It's pretty pointless. And my argument was always like, when you think about leaving off JT or Shane Larry on those teams, two people that were assumed to picks regardless of how badly they were playing, like Larry's got one Ryder Cup where he got dusted pretty heavily playing with Rory and in these singles. And then he's like 8 and 13 lifetime in match play, whereas JT yeah. is an absolute killer on every team he's ever been on. Yeah, I mean, uh, Keegan's 1 and 13 match play. At just at the Dell match play, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty good at other things, right? Yeah, he's good at other things. But I mean, here's the thing: after he won the Travelers, he said, "I know I still need to do some more to get it on the team." Right? He's, and, and he finished 21st, miscut at the Open, which I think is a big deal. Yeah. Um, 43rd at St. Jude, 29th at the BMW, 9th at the Tour Championship was good. But I mean, like, I just think no one can really make a stink about it. Like Cam Young, you, they all had a chance to go out and take it, and they didn't do it. So Burns got it default by default. One being Shepherd's buddy. Two winning the match play thing. Um, I, I I think you can definitely have a point of why Keegan should have been brought over him, but I don't think it's big enough to where there should be a huge gripe over it. I, th- I just think with Keegan, like he was, and look, it's fucking like over ten years ago now, but he was electric at Medina, and he was yeah. the, one, the one player that you could sit there and go, yeah, fair enough. Like he was unbelievable, and then. He came back in that 2014 and they won their first game against uh, Sergio and Rory, then lost to De Brisson and McDowell, which doesn't age very well. Um, he got dusted in both singles. That that would be the issue. Like he, I didn't get, he got beat by Rory, which is no sort of hardship. But then he got beat five and three by Jamie Donaldson. Jamie Donaldson won that Ryder Cup, I think, at that time. That's when he secured the point. So. I guess it's one of those ones where, like, who do you think is more likely to win a singles? Is it Keegan or Burns? Yeah, I don't know. It, to me, I, it doesn't matter. Like, whatever. I, they're the same. I, I think the thing is, like, the, the 12th person in on the either team isn't going to play that much, so it doesn't really matter. The, but the question for me was, if Ludwig didn't win, the debate would be pretty heavy because he was getting in. I promise you he was getting in. No yeah, I think, I think he was in the way that Donald was talking. Like, I think, but I think it was just easier to say it once. It, like, he basically said, you impressed me so much with Rocket Mortgage that all I wanted you to do was come over and play well. Like, yeah. And they're so statistically minded, him and like Molinari and that, that they wanted him for his driving attributes. But I guess it's Moronk and Nikolai thing. But I don't know who I would take Nikolai versus Moronk right now. Probably Nikolai in a, in a head-to-head. So, 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's about winning. It's not about a reward for the best season. It's not an all-star game where they pick the roster and based on the accomplishments of the year. It's a game where they actually have to compete, and it means a lot. So to me, if you put it this way, if you play the Italian Open tomorrow, what are the odds? Yeah. Who's shorter? Yeah. That's gonna be, I think, yeah. I mean, and even if they're the same, it's it's a toss-up. You can't say Morong's getting screwed if it's a top up toss-up. Yeah, yeah. Aberg's way ahead of both of them. Yeah. On the odds board, like you're trying to win this thing, the probability is showing you you have a better chance to win with this player. If they're both forty to one tomorrow, then that's not a you. No one's getting screwed. Yeah. No. That's a pretty rational approach from someone like you, man. Yeah. Hey. You're yeah. normally very like, I've got a very strong take about this, and. It's normally yeah, it's normally quite oppositional with almost like it's this you've normally picked out the opposite take. Like if everyone's gone in on Keegan being hard done by, you'd have gone Sam Burns deserves to be there. But you've gone very rational, is it? Like I feel like I've lost Matt. Well, that's right. But what you're saying is is actually <laughs> everyone thinks everyone's pissed about one of the picks. Now I'm pissed about none of the picks. So I am still going opposite. But I guess so. Yeah, like you're so opposite because you actually just think it's okay. Everyone has a problem with at least one of the picks. I love them all. So that is also being the opposite. Yeah, you are still weird then. We're good. Yeah, um, good. Matt, lovely to speak golf to you again. Um, we've got the week off and then it'll be the Ryder Cup. We'll talk on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll decide near the time what's happening on that, whether we're going to do two shows, one show with Jason and Brad or whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, but looking forward to that week. I think I we'll do two. We'll do two shows. We'll do two shows like we normally do. It'd be good to have our own chat on that. Um, but we'll to be confirmed on the day for that. Matt, yeah. re-record your your podcast that you potentially have lost. Um, yeah, I'm just going to ban it. Last thing I'll say for the people out there, I got a double. Go. I got Sahith Fitzpatrick double, 323 to one. To qualify, that is Matt Fitzpatrick and not Alex Fitzpatrick. Matt, yes. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff. The other and All right. Matt Fitzpatrick double. Thanks, Matt.